I'm Jack Tracy, and welcome back to an episode of Star Trek Jurations, where I review Star Trek episodes that are and try to fix them through a zhuzh, which is to make something more appealing, more attractive, blah, blah, blah. If you're at this point in the episodes of this podcast, I shouldn't have to <laughs> re-explain what zhuzh is. I have, however, encountered people in the world who tell me I spelled zhuzh incorrectly, Z-H-U-Z-H, but Google it. It is an acceptable spelling and I think is the one that is most attractive. So how meta. I chose the zhuzhed spelling of zhuzh. Anywho, this season I am of course reviewing... Ooh, what was that word? That's not a word. Reviewing seasons one through three of Voyager, the pre-seven of nine seasons to review them, try to fix some issues, give some overall thoughts with the benefit of hindsight and the um, lack of budget or studio pressures or the morality and uh, societal views of the mid to late 1990s. So... Originally, so we're, we're on to season one proper. Last week, I did Caretaker. I suggested someone put a bell on Harry. And boy, are the episodes I'm going to look at today really show why. Um, I also took out the Caretaker. Uh, need to hear your suggestions for what that episode should be retitled. And I got rid of the whole child bride Neelix Kess thing. I swear she told me she was four. Weird. Anyway. So I originally was going to do season one in one podcast because it's only like kind of a half season, but I thought that would give short shrift to too many of the episodes. And I actually want to talk about the ones that are pretty solid. Season one of Voyager, while has some, you know, pretty big issues actually has a lot of, like, solid Star Trek episodes. And my general critique is just a lot of them veer away from the premise of the show and feel like the episodes could have been done on any of the Star Trek series, which, again, goes to the point that Voyager's premise was often used as just a way to give a different captain's log or a way to set the episode up for the reason they're visiting the planet to be, to get, we need to pick apples. We need space apples. Instead of like actually dealing with the specific premise of the show. Um, which, which they did do very well in later seasons, especially in, like, Year of Hell, which they did do in in one of the episodes I'm going to review today, which I think of the chunk I'm doing is the best episode. So I will be doing today Parallax, which is the first episode after Caretaker, all the way through Emanations, which is Harry Missing, again. Um, those are the episodes. So we've got, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll go through them as I go through them. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven episodes in today's podcast. 
honestly, five, great to fine. And little minor zhuzhs just to generally accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish, which is bake in the unique circumstances of this particular show, of the premise of being stranded and having two different crews that probably think about things different ways, um, and dealing with the implications of that. And of course, for my caretaker zhuzh, dealing with the loss the deaths of the other department heads because I said Voyager should have been in service for a period of time so that these were Janeway and Tuvok's friends. I think Harry, I think the what's what's the sort of the the new element of Caretaker is that Harry just transferred onto the ship from the Academy. And that can be like the newness of Voyager and like why we're walking into and discovering Voyager. And that actually could make a really good episode about, like, Kim wants to learn who these people were. Or maybe someone he was supposed to work under died and, like, specifically recruited him for the mission and was a mentor and sponsored him at the Academy. Just so many things that could have brought more heart and sadness and... um more of an emotional punch to some of these episodes and the series as a whole. All right. So overall love for these episodes. Let's start there. I think the best progression of the pod would be going from the uh, the good, the bad, the zhuzh. So let's start with the good. For the episode and probably most of season one all altogether, here are the things I love. Women in STEM getting nerd boners over science problems. Janeway and Balana's connection and their, their relationship of she's rough and tumble, Jane, sorry, Balana's rough and tumble, Janeway is by the book measured, but they're both science nerds and that's how they connect and find respect for each other. Great. Love it. More of it in later seasons. More. It kind of resolved itself and Seven kind of took over that spot of the um, uh, women bonding, which is great in this whole series. Mm, more with Belana because I loved it so much in these seasons, uh, early seasons. Belana's journey to chief engineer. Great. Maybe stretch it out a bit more. Couple episodes. Um, whole season. Do a Geordie thing where not rotating chief engineers like we used to do in the, you know, a few years ago. The Enterprise did it, you know. And then Balana by the end of the season being promoted. That could be a nice season arc. Um... I love the, everything's about engineering that I love. I love the engineering team. Seska, Carrie, eventually Hogan, Jonas. Although he is not in this season. Another issue. Vorik. Great. But it's Tarek. Or Torek. Tarek from Lower Decks, the actor, is playing Vorik, another Vulcan, 
on Voyager. Why isn't it Tarek? He could talk about the Enterprise-D and his transfer over to Voyager. Uh, there could be so much connection to the Star Trek universe. Was this another, like, oh, they'll get confused, so we'll just change a letter? Dumb. Now, maybe it was the the someone else wrote Lower Decks and the characters weren't the copyright of blah, blah, blah. Maybe. Maybe it was a copyright issue. I don't know. But come on. It's just dumb. Um, it's like they, if they would have called... Because the thing is, at least with Tom Paris, they came up with a new name and didn't name him Rick Lombardo. That's that's the Tarek Boric, as if they re as if they had named Tom Paris. Yeah, we can't have him be Nick Lacarno, so why don't you be Rick Lombardo? Dumb. All right, overall zhuzhs for this entire season. The conflict between the Maquis and Starfleet not enough. Ended too soon. Um, needed more exploring. And honestly, now that I think of it, it's just a copy of the Starfleet Bajoran thing from Deep Space Nine. Why do it again at all? You know, it's the same. It's more of the same. Also, most of these episodes seem like abandoned TNG episodes. It's just like, yeah... It's, you could put this show on TNG, uh, make the counterparts, the characters, the counterparts, and it pretty much works exactly the same, which you can't say about a lot of Deep Space Nine in the later seasons. And, but I think Voyager's guilty of this through most of it. I feel like they, the decision to make Voyager was TNG's going off the air TNG was great. Let's make a new TNG and make it different slightly. And that led to an, an exacerbated Star Trek fatigue after seven years of TNG, Deep Space Nine going... And I, it must have been like Deep Space Nine's going in a different direction. Studio execs hate it. Let's just redo TNG. It's like a stupid studio decision overall. Um, there's not enough pathos around getting home, going home, being lost. It is mentioned and dealt with, particularly in the episode I think is the best episode, but more. It should honestly be a part of almost every episode, in the first season especially, because it's so fresh. Um, Tom being a pussy hound is cringe. Gross. Gross. The way, like, and I, I like that his progression is from being a pig to being, you know, a good husband for Balana. Like, he, he's redeemed, but his starting place is so gross. For me, it makes him almost as irritating and unlikable as Neelix in the beginning, who I'm in season four now. He really grows on me now. I take back my criticism of the past of calling him the Jar Jar Binks of Star Trek. He's honestly more the snarf of Star Trek. Hey, 80s kids, that one was for you. 
Um, and please keep Harry on the ship. Please keep Harry on the ship. Or put a bell on him. All right. Let's go through the good. Eye of the Needle is my favorite episode of this collection. Why? It deals with the desire to get home. Um, it has the greatest weight to that, which is the premise of the entire series. So that puts it up immediately because it it's a show that would be, you'd have to change a lot about it to make it a TNG or Deep Space Nine episode. This is quintessential Voyager because it is so tied to the premise. The disappointment when they find out that the Romulans from the past, very impactful. The fact that it's Romulan and not like they find a Starfleet vessel, like to make it more complicated and, you know, make it the disappointment of he probably didn't get the message to Starfleet. Great. Loved it. Um, I think the closest, because again, Voyager does a lot of like, let's redo that TNG episode, which, wait for it. Wait till the zhuzh section. Uh, so it's a little TNG pen pal, but that's a stretch. That's a stretch. This, I take that back. This is an original concept. Um, right. If I wanted to zhuzh any of Eye of the Needle... Um, what if a member of the crew wanted to go back anyway? They would rather live in the Alpha Quadrant at the time than where they are now, and Janeway either say, no, maybe it's Seska, and that can create more of a fuck Janeway dynamic from Seska. That could be interesting because not knowing she's a Cardassian, she's like, I'll fucking deal with the Romulans when I get there. No issue. Maybe the Star people are like, mm, I ain't going over into Romulan hands. But Seska doesn't fucking care. That could be interesting. Um, and yeah, and create a real like, oh, fuck this captain. You know, um, and her whole premise could be like, well, I'll go tell them. I'll be the one to carry the message. I will I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the person that saves everyone because I'm going to tell them. Um but she has no intention to. Because <laughs> fuck those people. Um or it's some other new guest star. We could give a great guest star turn and do sort of like a Cedo Jackson episode where they do go back and we see what happened to them and it could be not good yeah that could be interesting um parallax that is my second the reason it's second is because the it's it's not as connected to the premise of the show you could take out the balana part and it could be an episode of TNG. Just space issue. It's uh, a little bit booby trap. It's a little bit Times squared. It's a little bit where no one has gone before. You know, so that's why it's t second on my list. But love, this is the 
women in STEM, Janeway Balana bonding, her ascent to chief engineer. Great. I think a slight judge to make it more Voyager specific is if the singularity they detect, they think it's a way to get home. Just add that to it. Um, number three. Phage. The Vidians are fucking scary. And especially when we get to Faces, which has problems. Um, I mean, it's very frightening. And I think that's an extremely original uh, concept for a villain. I, I, I wanted even more with the Vidians. Because every time they showed up, I felt like, oh, fuck. Like, even knowing that, like, you know, the main cast is going to be fine. By the end of the episode, this isn't Game of Thrones where we're killing the king right away. But like, they were still scary and made you, you know, put you in suspense. I thought that's, so I, I wanted more episodes with them. Um, Kess sacrificing her lung is a great character point for her as a payback to Neelix for rescuing her and Caretaker, which again, I judged out Child Bride. Um... So instead, what, okay, so the zhuzh of this is, well, who cares about Snarf? Neelix is too, and it, it was even the Wikipedia page for this, critics thought Neelix was too annoying, and I do too, to care that his lungs were missing. Now, did Ethan Phillips give a great performance once he's in sickbay? Yes. Was his stuff with the doctor great? Yes. But it, I think it would have been more impactful if it was someone like Tuvok. And it was, like, the logic exploration of, like, euthanasia. It makes it a little TNG ethics. But again, Voyager are going to be barren. So, fine. Um, that's a judge I would make. Make the person who donates the lung either Neelix. That adds to the Neelix-Tuvok relationship. and might be why Tuvok in the future, tolerates him as much as he does because he does feel a sense of, you know, uh, connection and indebtedness to Neelix. Um, or Chakotay donating to further bond the McKee Starfleet crew. Maybe he does it for that purpose. Maybe there's, you know, we see in some episodes, worst case scenario specifically, Tuvok's mistrust of Chakotay. That could have been in this episode with the donation of the lung being the um, the conclusion, the solve. I thought that could have been interesting. But love, love, Vidians. Um, it also, with Tuvok, if Tuvok is the one who has his lungs removed, Janeway's determination to save him extra special because, again, with my judge of caretaker, she's already lost her friends and colleagues recently, and Tuvok can't be another. So it just adds to her emotional weight. Okay. Some people, I mean, the internet disagrees with me, but next, I'm putting Emanations. Emanations is great. It's an interesting concept you haven't seen before in Star Trek, the exploration of the afterlife. Um, um, Harry's conversation with Janeway at the end is great. Um, 
it, it, I don't know. It just, it, it, they do it even better with Neelix in season four with, oh, what's it called? Something with maybe mortal in the title. Mortal Coil, maybe? I don't know. Um, but it's Neelix dealing with the fact that he died and didn't go to heaven. Great. Or the, the fucking forest. Space forest. Farts full of alien Thundercats. Well, I guess the Thundercats were alien. Another snarf reference, 80s kids. I'm here for you. Um, uh, yeah, so... In general, really needs this. Again, goes in the ring the bell. Harry needs a bell. Um, my zhuzh, more about possibly using this transportation technology to get home. Could be an interesting, like, addition. Which, again, sorry, you're hearing the, a siren. I'm not stopping because I'm so passionate. I can't hit pause. Enjoy the ambulance. Um... That the, the finding technology to get home, desire to get home, part of every episode. And finally, oop, I keep touching the microphone. Sorry if I'm killing your ears. Too passionate. My arms are going crazy. Uh, the cloud. Again, it's another abandoned TNG script. It's a ugh, tin man, really. Space creature, we heard it, gotta fix it, blah, 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 blah. Um, I mean, the reason it's not in the zhuzh is there's coffee in that nebula. That's, that's just too good. Can't put this in the zhuzh because it gave us coffee in that nebula. Love it. But again, now that I think of it... They were obsessed with Roctogino on D Space Nine. Like, why? And then, you know, of course, Picard and the Earl Grey. Now, he wasn't, like, hunting the universe for new tea leaves, but um, he wasn't flying the ship in a into a nebula for a cup of tea, which were Jean-Luc Picard actually British. Maybe he would. Uh, which, by the way, I loved how they, like, explained that in season two of Picard. Great. I was one of the only, only things I liked about that season. Oh, we'll be judging Picard in a future season once that uh, the series is officially done. Fingers crossed for season three. Please do not ruin my childhood. Um, right, so how do I judge the cloud? Um, Voyager more desperate for supplies. Um, Considering my judge of caretaker, um, so my caretaker judge was, of course, to they decide not to go through the singularity they created because it's causing damage to Ocampa and they feel the obligation to, like, they're not going to, they're going to sacrifice themselves to fix the problem they created, which is causing devastation. And here's another of that. And we could have there start to be some, especially with the Seska and engineering crew, like, are we really going to stop and fix everything? We need to get fucking home. Fuck this cloud. Fuck your coffee. Fuck the cloud. Could be an interesting thing. It sets up, again, worst case scenario, which we're going to get to. Great episode. Uh, that'll be much later this season. Um, 
this season of this podcast. I know it's not in season one. Stop, nerds. I know you're like, oh, actually, that's not a season one episode. And for some reason, you all sound like Kermit the Frog to me. Um, <laughs> I'm on one this morning. Um, so we could set all that up here. No more detours. Animal Guide. Can we not? I just... Again, it's finding a way to do the Bajoran Prophets thing, but with Chakotay. I like that he is a Native American character. Of course, we all know the fact that their Native American consultant was an enormous fraud. So, of course, that's a big zhuzh. Like, don't hire this guy. Give it actual culture from uh, Native American society. Pick a tribe, you know, make it specific, all of that. I'm not going to get into that until we get into Chicote episodes. But the whole, it's just, it feels very old Western or I don't know. It's just like, like, are they going to pass the peace pipe? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. Something else, something else. Also, the French bar is dumb. Um, I hate it. I hate it. I didn't like the luau either. The thing is, of course, and also, if they're so, like, resource poor and start, you know, need to conserve energy and all that, man, they use that holodeck a lot for, like, leisure. I don't know. That could have been an episode about, like, the decision to do that because, like, the, the crew is stir-crazy and... You know, they decide it's actually important. It could be a mental health episode of how, like, we can't all be working all the time. That could be a great episode about everyone is basically pulling doubles because they just want to get home. And there's a point where they have to be like, this is a marathon, not a sprint. That could be a great episode. Anyway, um, I don't like the French bar. Also, all the references in the holodeck to visiting Earth are always... Well, to visiting the past or taking a vacation are always Earth locations of either present-day Voyager or past before our present day. And it just seems, I know why they're doing it, but it just seems strange. Like, why wouldn't someone want to visit something from the from their past but is our future? Or something on another planet. It's very human, human, human for the Federation. Maybe there's a great resort on Risa. There's a great res- there's a, the temple on Vulcan. There's something on some planet we've never known before. And you get a new alien species from the Alpha Quadrant that we've actually never met. Bolians, Andorian, something. Something else. It's just, why, why are they always going back to old Earth? Um, it would be, re- I don't, I mean, like they did in Relics, like, maybe they like to visit TOS era. That's cool. Maybe Tarek wants to visit his time on the Enterprise, get some cameos. That's cool. Stupid French restaurant from present day, but acts like the past smoky, diffuse filters, bad lighting, creepy cougar 
owner, weird, pervy patrons. No. All right. It's time to get to the zhuzh. All right. I got two episodes that stink. (laughs) No, thank you. No, thank you. Two episodes that go down like the drink uh, Guinan gave data in generations. This is revolting. Number one, ex post factor. Factor. Oh, why can't I talk today? Ex post facto. Kill it with fire. It's just a nearly beat-for-beat remake of Matter of Perspective from TNG done poorly when you don't care about these characters enough yet to care if Paris is going to have bad memories that kill him. I don't know. Bad. Why do all nerd scientists have lonely hot wives? So not only is that a complete ripoff of the TNG episode, it also happens a lot through all of Star Trek. I mean, that bad Deep Space Nine episode with the disappearing lady love interest of Cisco and her, like, I'm too obsessed with my work, scientist. Again, bad. I am now putting old gross scientist hot wife as another bellwether for a bad Star Trek episode. Subplots about the weather... Old gross scientist with a hot, lonely wife. These are the makings of a bad Star Trek episode. Skip them. Um, I bet you it it's like the same writer who's just been hanging out through all the seasons, like from the 60s. And they're like, like they're in the room pitching an episode. And he's like, uh, but what if there's like this disgusting smart guy that has like a really hot wife for reasons? And they're all, they're all the other writers are like, oh, shut up, Carl. Not again. Fine. We need something. Go ahead and write it. My judge, delete this episode. Give me another Paris episode. Maybe with him angry at Janeway that... Because again, my zhuzh of Paris is one, he's Nick Locarno. Two, he was just released from prison and Janeway is giving him his shot at a new life, at redemption. And that ended up with him being stranded in the Delta Quadrant. We could have real conflict there between the two of them. Um, You could use this as a Kim Paris bonding episode to give us that great Bashir O'Brien stuff. Um... Anything, but not this episode. I have no zhuzh, just delete it. Give me another Paris episode. Too much of a copy. And the other one, of course, is Time End Again. Why? It's just another leftover TNG episode. Recast the whole thing with TNG, you could do the same thing. Um, the Delaney sisters, cringe. Ooh, what if Paris and Harry wanted to get some, get the Doublemint twins? Double their pleasure, double their fun. Gross. Gross. Could you imagine? Gross. Um, I wanted Paris to kill that kid. I don't like Star Trek children, I've discovered. I wanted Kirk. I wanted Kirk in uh, And the Children Shall Lead to, like, the whole crew just abandon ship and they blow up the Enterprise with all the kids on it because they're gross. 
and stupid and aggravating. It's like, let's just kill these kids. I, I hated that kid. It, the actor, he did, you know, he did a good job. Don't want to disparage um, a real life child. But this fictional child, I wish Paris would have just like snapped his neck. Um, annoying. Uh, Kessa's psychic ability was her like slow transformation to Deanna Troy. Um, I mean, look at her last hair and outfit. They were basically like, let's just turn her into a blonde velour Troy. Nah. Nah. Um, you're on the planet. Like, I feel them, Troy. And it was very like Troy down on Davidia 2 in Time Zero. Davidia 2? I know. Something. Um, right. The reset at the end, I, the only episode I can come up with where that didn't feel like a complete cop-out was Yesterday's Enterprise. If you have another one that you think it worked and didn't just make the episode like, well, why did we even do this? Um, tell me. The only one that comes to mind is Yesterday's Enterprise. So the reset's dumb. Doctor's great. Prime Directive issue is generally great because the stakes are so high, but Janeway's decision to abandon it is really stupid. Oh, well, we're here now, so fuck it? I mean, in other episodes where they're like, 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 so Riker being a Malkorian on the planet and he gets to, like, well, I guess, I guess they did do that. Well, they just escalated first contact. But, like, the whole, well, we're here, we came here, so I guess we broke the Prime Directive so we can do what we want. So when does the Prime Directive apply? When, just when you avoid interaction, but when, oopsie-daisy, we're with these people, now fuck it. I mean, at that, with that, um, they should have just come out to the Mintakins in Who Watches the Watchers at the first at the beginning, rather than try to salvage it. It was too dumb. It was just a service of the plot. Um, the villains are pretty scary. I actually liked the performance of, like, these terrorists. I was actually like, oh, okay. I, ooh, bad, bad juju. Uh, and, and I felt, I liked them. They weren't just sort of mustache-twirling villains. I actually really liked them. Okay, the zhuzh. We need to stop with the aliens that just so happen to look like humans. I know why they do it, so that when you have someone like Janeway in Paris there, they can they can just be there and not be clocked for being an alien. But there needs to be a Star Trek tech thing to solve this so we don't... Because it's completely unbelievable. Now, you're going to say the chase, the alien seed of the galaxy with human DNA in the Delta Quadrant? Maybe, but also dumb. Give them a stupid nose. Give them bad ears. Add something to their chin. Make their nostrils bigger. Give them two penises. I don't know, but something to make them different. I guess that means you'd have to show the penises. I'm okay with this. Okay, so maybe like a hollow projector, like a mini one, so we can't, you know, do the doctor, but like a mini one that's in your com badge that's like connected to the universal translator and it just creates a, a visage for you, a little face hand disguise. That could be interesting. If the holodeck could make Balana look and feel pregnant, 
in um, uh, the killing game <laughs> in order to not just put her behind every box and plant on the ship the way they did with Beverly, um, then that could be a tech. Also, it would also solve the problem of the fact that, oh, the universal translator, which we give no time to discover a language before it can adapt, doesn't jive with the fact that their lips are moving in different ways. But a holographic projection would make their lips appear to move with the language they're hearing. You know what I'm saying? You know, just some issues. Now, I, I know why we do it. We for the plot, but like there were tech fixes to this, which would make it less suspension of disbelief. Um, looking through my notes, right? So I'm fine with the general plot, but the way they abandon the prime directive is bad. Here's what I'd rather see. Janeway's plan once they're abducted is to join the terrorists. Because she just wants to get back to the flashpoint. In her mind, these this species killed itself. And it's going to happen. And they actually need to make sure them getting there doesn't stop that from happening. Oof. They To apply the prime directive, they have to ensure the destruction of these people. And that could be real conflict with her in Paris and real weight for Janeway to carry going forward. The, the, how the prime directive can really lead to like, you know, more than just like, we can't help these people, but like we actually had to participate in the destruction of an entire planet because we possibly stopped that from occurring Oof, that would have been a real gut punch episode. So they basically get in with the terrorists by telling them, like, we we believe in your cause. We found a way into the plant. We can help you. Paris hates this. Um, big conflict between the two of them, but she's in command. He falls in line. They go. They plant the bomb. They get rescued. And the planet does destroy itself. Um, right. No reset. They go back up to the ship. And Janeway puts on a show of like, it is what we needed to do. It was, we could not interfere even to save these people. It's, you know, the principle is more important and then she goes to her ready room and we see in her face how much this hurt her. And maybe she's not so sure. All right. So those are my zhuzhes to the first couple, the first half of season one. I will be back next week. Of course, again, um, if you would like to watch these episodes with me, if you would like to see my pretty face doing this you can join the star trek judge patreon we've got very inexpensive tiers for early episodes more if you want to like do all the parties and stuff but it helps me fund the costs of of 
doing these since we don't have sponsors yet. If you are a Star Trek merchant and you would like to advertise on this podcast, please reach out to me on our Instagram at Star Trek Zhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H, um, and comment how what you liked about my Zhuzhs and what you didn't like and what you think was something I let slip by. All right. Back to the Delta Quadrant next week. Live long and prosper. I hope you find coffee in that nebula. Put a bell on Harry.